Hey everyone, Future Anthony here. After listening to the podcast for so long, you figure that when we open a podcast with a future one of us, something probably went crazy. In this particular case, this was supposed to be the season finale, and we mention it many times. This ends up becoming a two-part episode. So this is part one of part two of the season finale. Enjoy. You're listening to Two Gomers Run a Marathon, a podcast about two regular guys who did something they'd never done before. This is episode 36 for the week ending Sunday, June 20th, 2010, two weeks after the race. Welcome, everybody, to this, the 36th episode of Two Gomers Run a Marathon. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers, coming to you for the last time for season two from St. Petersburg, Florida, with my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, dude. Hey, bro. How you doing? You sound sort of tired. Oh, it's bittersweet. Yeah. Final episode. I know, dude. It actually it actually is. I, I didn't mean to say you sound tired. You know, sometimes when people say you sound or look tired, that just kind of, I know. you know, it's just sort of mean. <laughs> yeah, you always think, oh, th- this will help them feel better. You look tired. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks. That's a horrible insult. Right. It's a nice caveat to like, you're fine other than you just seem tired. Are you sick? Right. No, no, just tired. <laughs> no, actually, I'm fine. Thanks a lot. Okay, right. <laughs> Dude, it's our final episode. Tons yep. of stuff to talk about. But first, oh I gosh. noticed that you got retweeted again by Runner's World on Twitter. Yeah, dude. I hope somehow we're getting on the radar of Runner's World. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that would definitely be a dream of ours. Yep. Um, but so, so, dude, if you if you read through Runner's World's tweets from Sunday. Yeah. It goes something like this. Okay. Usain Bolt, you know, one of the fastest men alive. Right. Breaks world record or, or runs fast or something. Yeah. Okay. And then Lolo Jones, another super awesome runner, does like amazing. Yeah. And the third one is RT at Gomer One. Don't forget to watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know, dude, it felt super good to get retweeted by them. <laughs> Even if it was just a reminder to watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> Yeah, I guess even after the marathon, our presence on Twitter continues. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love how there's an actual Runner's World cover right. in that movie, which uh, somebody asked them on, about that a long time on Twitter, and they said that they made a custom one for that, obviously, because that's not real. Right, right. Um, but dude, just real quick, I've been loving ABC Family HD and TBS. <laughs> They've been just like playing movies left and right that are amazing. Even even besides the daily dose of Full House, oh, family, well, ABC Family has really been pulling it out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, dude, I finally got to see the Jesse and Becky uh, marriage like, right? wedding episode again. Oh, that's two parter. Yep. Mm-hmm. I actually <laughs> lost the first part though. Damn. Oh no! So I need to I need to see that one again. I only saw the second part, but dude, lately they've been playing Back to the Future one through three. Yep. And I was talking to one of my friends, dude, and I'm I'm hoping that we that I can blow our listeners' minds for a second. Okay. I'm sure you've thought of this yeah. before. Okay, but I've thought like a to... lot about Back to the Future, so I probably yeah. have. <laughs> okay, so Back to the Future three. Yeah. Marty goes back, and the car is dead, and there's no gas, and there's no uh, 
like fuel injection manifold. Right, right. It would take months to rebuild. Yeah. But dude, did you ever stop to think that there's another DeLorean in 1885? From how? Okay, so that's how um, Doc Brown gets back there is in a DeLorean. Oh, yeah. So there are actually two DeLoreans in 1885. Right. Right? So... Why didn't he go get the fuel injection manifold and or just get siphon, some gas? Siphon the gas out. Yeah. That's right. Because he has, that's the original one that he got struck with lightning yep. by in Back to the Future 2. Yeah. It's still there because he fixes it up for Marty. <laughs> yeah, dude. And puts that humongous computer chip on the front. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. the one he takes back, but that original one is still there. Right. Full Buried of gas. Yep. What the frick? Wow. So I don't know, like, I was just thinking that there are two DeLoreans in 1885, and that, like, blew my mind for, like, an hour. <laughs> just thinking about that. But that would have ruined the whole movie if they would have just siphoned gas. Yeah, totally. So. Well, similar to Back to the Future 3, mm-hmm. the, the end of that epic series, right? Yeah. This is our final episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. M- maybe not as big of an, imp- I mean, Back to the Future 3, that's a classic. I don't know oh. if episode 36 of T-Gram Right. will be as amazing but we're gonna try yeah I'm, I'm sure it won't be as epic dude I, those movies though they stand up against the test of time <laughs> oh yeah like they don't in many ways seem like 80s movies well that's because they're they work as period pieces you know what i mean okay yeah like because there's so much time travel you're like oh yeah this is the 80s we're yeah. actually time traveling as viewers back okay. to 1985 that's how, that's why i think they work so well Dude, I'll give you one other thing why they work. It's the score by Alan Silvestri. Mm. Because I've been watching a lot of 80s movies yeah. um, that don't stand up against the test of time, like Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox, <laughs> which I still love to watch. But it's Teen Wolf. Key- Teen Wolf, yeah. It's like those keyboardy 80s soundtracks <laughs> yep. that really date them. And I think that lush orchestral score actually is a huge thing that makes it timeless. Good job, Alan Silvestri. Your only, your only better score was Mac and Me. Ooh. Was that a good one? Well, it sounds exactly like Back to the Future 2. <laughs> um, so what are some of your other favorite finales, dude? Um, TV-wise? TV, movie, whatevs. You know, Matrix? I, oh. <laughs> Don't make me vom. Star Wars Episode 3? Star Wars Episode 6? Yeah, Episode 6. Um, you know, which I think is hotly contested. I think adults watching that didn't like the finale. You probably would have hated the Ewoks. I I, I don't know. Right. They're so close to my heart, but maybe that's because I was five or four right. when I first saw them. Um, so I love that. I mean, I really like the Lost finale, of course. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned the British version of The Office. Oh. The finale of that show is, I think, the best finale ever on a TV show. So, so you mean you mean the special, right? The special, right? The Christmas specials. Because there was like the finale. Oh, which was also amazing. Yeah, but totally different. Right. So, yeah, for a TV show like that to pull off two amazing finales. Yep. Mwah. Yeah, only like 13 episodes total. Yeah. And that Genius. show is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what about you? Do you have any finales that you liked? Uh, Yeah, actually, okay. First, I loved the ending of Avatar. Okay. Just, had, just had to had to rub that in. Uh, no, actually, 
the the, the how about like the ridiculously long ending of Lord of the Rings, uh, the the third one, <laughs> Return of the King, like <laughs> right the the third you mean the thirteen endings of yeah. Return of the King, uh huh, which already were like massively edited from the book, <laughs> right totally, yeah they completely cut the part out where they go back to the Shire, and the the bad guys have taken over right yeah and your brother. Samwise Gamgee, Sean Astin <laughs> has to save it. <laughs> yep, Rudy. Lots of hugging in that in the final hours of that epic. Yeah, hugging, longing looks, lots of James Galway on the flute. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sort of tearing up, mm-hmm. all the way tearing up. Mm-hmm. I just remember having massively to take a whiz. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's almost done. And then there was an hour left. And I, I think I was like, you know, my hand was on the on the chair, like shaking, and I probably had to run out quick. Yeah, like a slow you know? fade blackout. That yep. must be the end. Mm-hmm. Oh no, a slow fade whiteout. Yep. That must be the end. No, nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sure. perhaps it will be like this on this episode. Yeah, lots of uh, near tearing up, mm-hmm. uh, lots of whiz breaks, mm-hmm. and lots of false endings. So, nice. um, you know, last our, our part one of the finale, we kind of did a detailed race and review, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think this episode we're going to be kind of talking more broader. We're going to do kind of an entire journey, Gomer journey in review for people. And mm-hmm. we're going to base it around you, the listener, and your questions. We yep. just have been so appreciative of the Gomer Nation. We asked you to kind of give us your final questions. And so we're just going to base this final episode around you and what you want to know. Um, so we're going to do a journey in review. We're going to ask the, we're going to answer the big question that everyone's asking um, which is what's next for us. We're mm-hmm. going to do a final uh, beefed up song to run to. And I'm going to reveal another uh, Gomer confession song to run to. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, some great listener feedback at the end. You've got to stick around because your uh, email might be read live on our last podcast of this season ever. Also yeah. stick around to the end because we're going to tell you about our first Gomer get together. Yep, the first Gomer run together. What 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 are we calling it? The first annual Gomer 5K fun run, I think. It's actually a group run, not a fun run. My bad. Details of that are going to be coming at the end just to prove to you that the Gomer journey is not ended mm-hmm. and things are going to continue. So you got to stick around for that. Most definitely. All right, dude, I've got my iTunes queued up here. All right, sweet. Little clips, um, some songs from two teasers. Okay? Let's do it. Okay, here is the saxophone solo from my... Gomer Confession song to run to. Oh. And here's your song to run to. Ah, uh, great. All right, dude. Well, we should head on into our Gomer journey and review, do you think? Okay, sounds great. Let's do it. Hey, how's it going over there in the journey and review? Life is all about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> It's that sign in the hallway at, at in high school. Yep, life is the journey, right? <laughs> or what is it? Um, life. It's not a destination. It's a journey or something like ah, that. Okay, yep. Totally, dude. Speaking of high school, dude. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Before we get into the journey in review, yep. um, we're talking about listener questions. And we yep. got a question from Laura about our first encounter together. Right, like she was wondering when we became friends, if it was one of those things where you globbed on to me and Alex's friendship. <laughs> right, because we talked about you and Alex meeting for the first time, nodding to mm-hmm. each other, Yep, at, going yep. between the middle school and high school, right? 
Yep. But we've never really talked about our first encounter. Right. And so she was wondering what it was. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense that you globbed on because actually you and L are like the originals. Right. Like the original brothers. <laughs> so I kind of globbed onto that. Well, right? yeah, but you guys had a friendship and then I kind of moved in. Okay. Because you were chilling with Nate and Hack. Right. And Krause. then, yeah, so then kind of band kind of forced us together. <laughs> right. So I think we had been friends, well, at least acquaintances for a long time. Right, like, right. You know, throughout that eighth grade band. But dude, in middle school and even the beginning of high school, just one grade apart is a lot. Yeah, I agree. Like seventh graders aren't usually friends with eighth graders that often. Yeah, that goes away in college, I think. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. as much. But you're right. right. In In middle school and high school... Um, grades are everything. Right. So I was probably intimidated by your age and stature. <laughs> Not um, my stature. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stature of your hair wave. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you, uh, when you try to scare away a predator and you put a stick on top of your head to make yourself look taller. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's how I intimidated people. Exactly. Your hair made you seem taller. <laughs> um, and take away the focus from the zits. Uh, no offense. I did my best. Yeah, well, I had plenty as well. Um, maybe we talked about that. We talked about like retin A. Right. Yeah, maybe that like was our bonding point. Zit medication. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but the, the thing that I actually really remember, dude, my first actual sincere encounter where we talked mm-hmm. was, you remember See You at the Pole? Oh, yeah. Yep. See You like at the that, Pole. There's like a, it's like a once a year thing where everybody goes and prays around their flagpole at school. Right. And um, I remember leaving that because you kind of let it, I think. Yeah, I think, was I a, I don't remember what year we were then. Sophomore, you might have been junior? a senior, I was a junior, I think. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's actually, we've. I'm, I'm sure we hung out on the European trip. Well, for sure. But I think you're right, it was an acquaintance thing still. Yeah. Um. And kind of a Alex go-between thing. Yep. So I just remember after see you at the poll, I came up to you. And I was like, dude, that was super cool. We should do that more often. <laughs> yep, I remember it vividly. And yeah, and you were like, yeah, totally, dude. Loved it. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I kind of felt like an approval or something from you. <laughs> it was still an apprenticeship. <laughs> but you were like the, you like totally knew what was going on with, you know, the Bible and stuff. Right. So, I shall take you under my wing. Right, exactly. Young Padawan. <laughs> exactly you were obi-wan i was uh gonna be darth vader yeah so except for i don't think you ever turned to the dark side no definitely not but my midichlorian count was, was. <laughs> through the roof <laughs> oh that part is so stupid i know i'm starting to get mad just thinking about it yeah i hate that so. child <laughs> it sounds so bad i know well forget Forget that I was Darth Vader. That's not what I meant. I just couldn't think of any of his other apprentices. Yeah. And uh, times have changed. Yeah. The student sure. has become the teacher. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true. I don't know either. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, um, we did uh, get a ton of great questions, and we answered a lot of them last week about the actual race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty detailed. But we wanted this episode to kind of be more all-encompassing, right? Yeah, A little bit sure. broader. And so yep. we chose a couple questions that we thought... Um, had to do with the race, but also have had to do with our Gomer journey in general that we feel like would help us um, yep. have some good closure and also yeah. help our listeners 
kind of feel good at the end like we closed it well yeah um so should we start with the first question from andrew yeah let's do it okay so andrew says or asks how has this entire journey changed you how did the race itself change your life yeah um and i like that question because it Mm -hmm. uh wasn't just about you know what was hard but he's Mm -hmm. asking how this entire thing has changed us and whether or not the i feel like the question is was the race itself the pinnacle? Was the race itself the changing agent, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. For me, there's a lot of surface stuff that's changed, right? And we've talked about this a lot, but I think it's worth mentioning again in the finale that yeah. we have changed physically a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm down, you know, a net loss right, of maybe 18 pounds or so. Mm-hmm. And... um like we talked about this last season but i actually had chronic headaches right what are which are pretty much gone now they're off and on because it's been a long time right and i think my body's gotten used to the fact that i'm running a lot yeah yeah but still but still it's better than it was before you started at all mm-hmm. for sure yeah i mean i've i've lost i think i've lost 20 pounds awesome um yeah i mean i was in the mid uh, yeah, pushing high mid eighties, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just gotta qualify it exactly. And, right. Um, I- I'm pretty steadily staying below the 170 mark at this point. Dude, that's pretty sweet. So we talked about this, dude, like laughingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the when we when we first tried on our ridiculously tight Gomer shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and um, okay, this people are gonna probably think this is really weird. Okay. But you know how women, like one of their goals that I've heard right. is that they always want to be able to fit into their wedding dress. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the go-to. I've heard yeah. prom dress too. Have you heard that? Wow, <laughs> I I, dude! If we if we had to try to put on the suits <laughs> that we wore to the prom or the tuxes, like forget about <laughs> no, it. No, dude. I still have a tux that I wore my freshman year in college for the men's glee club. Yeah. Uh huh. And it is impo- like literally impossible. For me to get oh. inside it. Oh, that is funny, dude. It looks like um Tommy Boy when he puts on that little <laughs> suit, Fat Man in a little suit. Right, totally. <laughs> well, dude, I actually think like high school goals, like I think that prom goal is kind of stupid, actually. Yeah. Because high school, you you're we're just like little weaklings. <laughs> you're yeah. Like, you have not even grown all the way. Yeah, like when I see high schoolers nowadays, no offense, because I know we have high schoolers and middle schoolers that listen to this. I always think they look so young. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, so that kind of goal is ridiculous. The wedding goal right. makes more sense. Yeah, because then you're an adult, uh, you know, whatnot. Right. But, so, um, to, to, to make this sound really weird, <laughs> you and I kind of, like, laughingly made this goal. What if we had it as a goal that we could always fit into our Gomer shirts? <laughs> that we could barely fit into. Yeah, I know. Actually. We have actually yet to reach that goal. <laughs> Like I love how you can totally see the uh, the band aid like clearly, <laughs> and you you never lifted your arms over your yeah. head because you could see your midriff like one of those half <laughs> half football t shirts from the yeah. 80s. If I had raised my arms up, dude, you would have seen uh, midriff, which is not cool. Yeah, that's why we should have drawn on the six pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my solution was tuck it into the belt. Yep. So I could mm-hmm. lift my my arms at the end of the race. Um, yeah, but you kind of just pumped your fists 
like out straight. Yeah, your brother gave me that like advice, like just pump your fist sort of don't raise your arms, you know, so <laughs> that was good advice, actually. Really good. Yeah. So um, obviously we've changed physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our health has just increased exponentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've been a lot more concerned about what we eat, and that's been totally tied to this whole journey. Definitely. Um, I think deeper stuff has changed in us, right? Uh, we're more determined yeah. people. Um, I'm a more committed person. I have a lot more self-confidence, stuff like that. For sure. Oh yeah. I mean, we could delve into to so much of this, but for me, one of the biggest things about the, the deeper levels was learning to prepare for something that is far away. Right. Like I've said that before, working on something today that isn't actually going to, I'm not even going to see results tomorrow. Right. Exactly. You know, so that, that was huge huge for me to be committed to something for so long right mm-hmm. and committed to something that we're not naturally gifted in mm-hmm. for sure yep and, and yeah i mean it, it kind of before this happened it was a sort of a rut for me where mm-hmm. i was really good at certain things and i tried hard just on those things yep. um and i had stopped kind of challenging myself to do something that was totally out of my comfort zone like a hundred percent out of my comfort zone sports yep. <laughs> exactly i know you're right <laughs> something that i'm known for that i'm not good uh-huh. at you know yep. what i mean totally um and that was just huge in in all those things determination self-confidence um taking big risks things like that yeah i'm, I'm totally with you there so i think the most curious part of the thing i'm most curious about this question is uh andrew's asking whether or not the race itself was the pinnacle like did the race itself change everything for us and i'm just wondering what you think about that yeah the race itself is something i'm gonna remember forever like it was the culmination of everything yeah so i don't remember every lsr i did right i don't remember you know a lot of my tempo runs Mm -hmm. and hill hilly kind of you know treadmill stuff but i do remember vividly the entire race yeah me too like I, like I've replayed it in my mind so many times, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is funny because the the further we get, it's only been two weeks. Yeah, I just remember it with such nostalgia mm-hmm. and excitement and and love for what it was. Yeah, me too. You know, and it was different than our first big race. Yeah, the the season one finale, the mm-hmm. half marathon. Um, but I think it was huge still. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a difference when you tell people that you ran a marathon. And I'm yeah. here's something I've been noticing, dude. Um, there are so many people that were like me before this journey that don't even know how many miles the marathon is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, come on. It's 26.2. But I didn't know that, I don't think, when I started. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's funny to remember how far we've come um, just in that simple thing. Um, yep. But anyways, it's a lot different telling somebody I ran 26.2 miles. That is really an elite thing. And yeah. so I do think the race itself kind of changed my life completely. Yeah, I do. I mean, like when I mentioned last week that when I crossed the finish line, when we crossed the finish line, mm-hmm. I, I did. I wasn't even like everybody says it's like this huge high and this huge emotional outburst. Right. I'm like. I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to lose it. <laughs> right. And then I saw my uncle Paul and my cousins uh-huh. like 
you know, a few feet before the thing, and then I crossed over the finish line, just lost it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, obviously, it was intense emotionally. Right. Uh, yeah, but I think something that, that we were talking about afterwards mm-hmm. is that it was an epic event, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was the most epic event of our lives. Right. You know? Yeah, and I, th- I think we were actually talking about this on mile 25 while we were walking up that hill. Oh, yeah, okay. Where we were kind of, I was kind of trying to figure out how I felt. Yeah. And so we kind of started talking about this issue of, you know, is this the biggest thing I'm ever going to do in my life? Mm -hmm. And should I be feeling like that right now? (laughs) Like, this is it. This is the moment. Right. And so I think for some people, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's, that's great. But a little bit of pressure was taken off me when we started having this conversation about, but you know what, dude, we do big things in our lives besides this. Right. And so yeah. if we finish in 540, um, I'm not going to be all torn up because that's a slow time. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is one of many big things that I've done in my life and that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah. that, that was helpful for me. And I don't think that downplayed the marathon at all. No, not at all. But I guess what one of the things we were analyzing was the fact that that we are are good mm-hmm. at other things, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, you, you were even saying that. You're like, I'm so glad I'm good at other <laughs> things because I'm not good at this. <laughs> right. So I think that did take the pressure off that it was that it was a hobby. Right. And the, well, that it is a hobby and that it's super fun. Yep. But that we're never going to win. Mm-hmm. We're never going to be incredible. Yeah. But that it's so fun and it's something to enjoy. I guess I guess that takes the pressure off it and makes it fun. Yeah. Is, is you know. So And I think there's this other like the pumped and paranoid like yep. battle that's constantly happening. The battle yep. that I was going through on mile twenty five was I want this to be huge, but yeah. I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. I yep. want it to be uh, uh I, I didn't know quite how to feel. And so kind of yep. two weeks out from that, uh, I'm feeling like Yes, the race changed my life. Um, yeah. But there are other things that have happened in my life and that are going to happen that are also big that I'm proud of. Um, and this is one of them. And that's that's a good feeling. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, so let's go on to the second question sure. from Brenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just asked, what was your toughest point during the race? Mm-hmm. When did you hit the wall, if you did? Mm-hmm. And what helped you push through it? And I liked this question. Um, mm-hmm. because it got me thinking not only about the toughest part of our race, uh-huh. but the toughest part of this entire journey for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, for the race, the race was tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where, uh, I think we were in the twenties somewhere and you looked at me and you were like, dude, if I felt like I'm feeling right now at mile 12, yeah. There, there's no way I I could do this. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That, yep. That mm-hmm. that kind of showed me how tough this really was. Remember? Yeah. Oh, I totally remember. Like, it's amazing that one zero to nineteen point five mm-hmm. were the way they were. Yeah. But yeah, I I that's that's what also helped to make me hit the wall and freak out. Was like, what if this had happened earlier? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember asking you, I think it was after the race, Mm -hmm. like, dude, when you said that, if I hadn't been there, would you have quit? Mm -hmm. Um, And you said no. Right. 
yeah, there's no way if you would have been there that I wouldn't have at least walked because we saw so many people walking from 20 to 26. Right. Like more people walking than running yeah. in our time frame. Yeah. I mean, you know? so everybody was hitting the wall around that time, whether it was because it was so long of distance or whether because it was so long of time. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in our boat at that point. <laughs> right. Well, even two of our better Gomer dudes going faster, Mark and Alex. Yep. You know, we haven't mentioned that Alex finished in sub five, mm-hmm. but that's because he ran like tens right. and then walked the last six, basically. And then Mark, his first marathon ran like eight, eight minute miles, right? Yeah. Hit a wall and then walked and did 14s, yep. I think, for the rest of the <laughs> Yeah. But he was like sub eight for the first half. Right. I think. So, yeah, for real. So everybody um, has that tough moment, and mm-hmm. um, it was pretty obvious there on the course. Yeah, definitely. And and you can go back and listen to our, our last episode to, to get the full analysis of the wall. Right. But, yeah. Um, but I was thinking that this whole thing has been pretty tough. Yeah, um, definitely. Way tougher than I thought it was going to be when we started. Yeah, I think one of the things that was that was interesting about me and you training in this different way mm-hmm. was that you had this trajectory and then get kept getting knocked down yeah. by like serious problems. Right. And I never had any serious problems other than self battling, which is actually extremely difficult. And we, that's hard to analyze on the podcast because it's very internal. Right. But when you would get knocked down, me and Al would be like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, I mean, not to, not to sound like a jerk or anything, No, but it was like, it was a little bit, it was also difficult to like know what to do. Yeah. Because you'd get nicked down, knocked down and then, and then have a, a really tough push through trajectory. Right. So yours is like going up and then ours is just kind of flat line. Yeah. And you had this like huge thing that you were battling against and we're just kind of maintaining in a way. Right. And so your, your battle is harder to, def- to define, I think, yeah, than mine. Definitely. Which was, I got super sick. <laughs> and everyone was saying, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it anymore. Maybe you should stop doing this. And I was like, I'm going to do right. it anyway. And so then, then I work up to it again. Then I get hit by a car and people are yeah. like, wow, is he going to be able to run the marathon? I'm like, I'll show them. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're just kind of in on the sidelines being like, right. well, I'm just going to keep pressing forward. Right. Um, which was also tough, but harder to pin down. Yeah, it's like you were punching through a serious adversity thing. Yeah. Like with with something to prove. Right. Yeah, that's that you know? might be it. I had a I had a defined enemy. Yeah. Which was the the smart car or mm-hmm. the shingle. Right. <laughs> the boil. <Yeah. laughs> and so I knew what I was battling against. Um so I don't know, in some ways that may have made my my journey a little bit clearer. I don't know. Right. Does that make sense? We've never talked about oh. this before. No, not at all. I, I think it's it's very interesting when people train together and, and have different things that they're working against, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You had a clear enemy. Right. So that's that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think all this boils down to um, mm-hmm. another conversation we were having on the race during the marathon. And we've yeah. talked about this on the podcast before, too. But it's all about life is all about choices. Right. Yep. It's all it. You're on a journey making choices. <laughs> and we needed to talk about that on the marathon, I think, because yeah, it was so palpable at that point, so tangible. Yeah. That every time that six-minute thing came up, we had to start. Well, we didn't have to start running. Right, right. We had a choice whether or not we were going to start running. And fortunately for us, we always made the right choice. We always kept going. 
Yeah. So it, it was kind of this concept of big choices versus small choices, mm-hmm. which is uh, cyclical. Right. Um, so we made a big choice on national podcast radio dumb. International. Which, international. Oh, yeah, dude. Totally. We got, yeah, all over. So, uh, which was we're going to run a marathon. Yep. Right. Like that was a big choice. Yep. And we purposefully made a big choice at the beginning of season one, right? We didn't yeah, want to uh-huh. do two gomers run a 5K. Right. We didn't want to do two gomers run around the block mm-hmm. because we wanted to start with a big choice. So we chose 13 miles, which at that point, go back and listen to the first season, was impossible. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. We, we were so freaked out and up until the half marathon had no idea whether or not we were going to be able to do it. <laughs> Even the night before. And so then when the second season came, we were like, we can't make a small choice or we can't make another season and have it be small. It has to be equally big. And so we chose something again that we literally thought was impossible. And that was the marathon. Yeah, definitely. So we, we made those big choices. Mm-hmm. But then... I think that big choices in life uh, are, are accompanied by then a million small choices. Right. So that's every day doing the run, doing the core, doing the whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the the funny thing is that if once you've made a big choice, a small choice actually gets a little bit easier. Right. Because you have something you're working towards. Yeah. And then the then the more you say yes to the small choices, the more easy the big choice becomes. Yeah. So then when we were on that marathon, mm-hmm. we were just talking about, man, I am so glad we made the big choice, which we are now witnessing and being a part of. Right. But if we hadn't constantly been making the small choices, which now we are doing every six minutes. Right. Um, we couldn't have done it. So I, I, I do think, uh, you know, I think we've said choice now like 15 <laughs> times or so. Well, and I'm going to say it one more time because I mm-hmm. think most the way I used to live with this and I think. I'm guessing most people live is that they, they make one or the other and mm-hmm. then it falls flat. So they say, I'm going to make them, I'm going to run a marathon, but they yep. never say yes to the small choices, which is run two miles. Yeah. And then run three miles then run four miles or change the way you're eating or yep. things like that. And yep. so the big choice never happens or yep. they just stay, play it safe and stay with the small choices and never make a big risk. Right. And so that never happens either. And so I think the kind of the sweet spot for us has been making the big choice and saying yes to the small choices over and over again. And keeping each other accountable. Right. Dude, I think you've got a I think you've got a sermon in here somewhere. <laughs> well, actually the the funny thing is we're basing our whole fall semester around this uh this key point choices. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. We're actually confronting people that come into college and saying, Your whole life is about choices. What cho- what kind of choices are you going to make right now? Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about this, and the marathon journey has been amazing for me personally to kind yeah. of um, land where I need to with this whole issue. So it's been awesome. Are you going to tell them to make the choice of listening to your podcast? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's not a big choice. It's a small choice. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Just sit there. The biggest choices are our season finales where they're over an hour long each. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I, this has just been so awesome for me to kind of process through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are really curious about the big question. 
Yeah, so the big question is what's next? Yeah, that's it. I know what's next, dude. What's that? The theme song. Oh, our final playing of the theme song. What is up, Michael? playing of the theme song oh um, dude just one one thing that we forgot to mention in the in the journey section i mean we're still in the journey and review section right but something that i said that was just so brilliant um <laughs> was uh when we were on the run i i mentioned that movie click right with adam sandler that i've actually never even seen the whole thing me neither i've, I've seen um, it like at a christmas party playing in the background yeah uh but more just the concept of it is what i was thinking was so so basically the the premise of the movie is that Adam Sandler goes to Bed Bath and Beyond and finds like a remote control that controls his life. Right. So with a click of a button he can fast forward rewind whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was like what if we could No, no, no. I said could we what if we could have that remote and just fast forward to the end? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. And then immediately I was like that would suck. <laughs> because right. you would skip the whole journey. Yeah. Um, and also, like, what if we could have fast-forwarded started in, starting in September and show up right now and recording this? Yeah. Still, what happens on the movie is he's basically on standby mode. Right. Doesn't do anything bad, doesn't do anything good, just exists. Yeah. And that's what it would become. I mean, if you could just fast-forward yep. through all the sucky things, mm-hmm. um, what would... I mean, why would we have done this at all mm-hmm. if we just fast-forward through the actual thing and the difficult yeah. part? So. Dude, I think we were having that conversation super loud again oh, in a huge I've, crowd. On the I'm pretty sure that was around the time of uh, of the underwear conversation. <laughs> uh, that might have been actually before. So we were talking about fast forwarding at like mile three. Right. I guess that, that kind of sucks. And then straight to nipple chafing. I wonder what people <laughs> thought of us, dude. I know. Well, we were talking about underwear, nipple chafing, and movies. So yeah, it's that's true. Just gomers. Yep. Dude, the other day I was watching Ice Road Truckers. Yeah. You know that show? Right. And uh, they were talking about, you know, uh, you know, carting this very fragile um, equipment up this ice road very gingerly. Yeah. And that just kind of made me think of how we were gingerly carrying our bodies for 26.2 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very fragile. We um, are yeah. the gomers. <laughs> like this super fragile cargo. Like you don't want to go too fast. They say that on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think... At some point, everything becomes an analogy to the marathon mm-hmm. when you're running like that. Even you're ice totally road right. truckers. Uh huh. I I I think about running in like everything. It's so silly. Yep. Um. Okay, dude. So, the big question. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are asking it. Have been asking it for months now. 
Um, and then when we asked people to ask their final questions, this one came up at least every other question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think uh, Kathy mm-hmm. wrote it the best and sums up what people are asking, which is, what's next for the two of you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, dude, I think the answer, mm-hmm. so we said at the beginning that we were going to give an answer. Right. I think the answer we're going to come to after mulling about for the next five or ten minutes about this. <laughs> yeah. Is that we don't know. Right. But it's going to be something. Yeah. Right. And it's hard to answer this question for a couple reasons. Um, one is because the marathon is such a huge thing, right? And so mm-hmm. how can we top it? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. And the other reason this is uh, hard to answer is because I feel like there's two questions in this. Yeah. One is what's next for us. Yep. And the other is what's next for me. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. don't talk about this a lot because the podcast has been about the two gomers, right? Right. But there is definitely this aspect of what is next for me, Stephen, and what is next for you, Anthony. Like, yep. I remember at the end of the marathon, we're stretching, right? Yep. And you come up to me and you're like, dude, just answer without thinking. Snap judgment. Would you do this again? And you weren't asking about the two of us. Yep. You were asking about, would I do this again? Yep. Um. And I said, yeah. Yep. And I didn't wait for you to answer. Mm-hmm. I, I just answered for myself. I think I'm going to run another marathon. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to try to do a sub five. Yeah. Uh, and that was a personal answer. So I, I don't I don't know how you feel about that, but um, th- I go back and forth between thinking about us and thinking about me. Yeah. Well, dude, I hit this wall thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hit it on my 20. I've hit it many times. Mm-hmm. And... I hit this thing where for like 30 seconds, I start like swearing in my head right. and I say, I hate running <laughs> Yeah, and I never want to run again. Right. Like that happens every now and then it, it, it bums me out because I'm hating something I actually really like yeah. and I'm growing to love. Right. So, so it's like, it's like extra torturous. But in that moment of snap judgment, there was a combination of elation mm-hmm. and like, a little bit of that hatred was was in there because I felt dead. Right. <laughs> hatred is such a strong word. That's not no, what but I mean. but it comes close to how you're feeling. I think. Yeah. Because you're so exhausted and hurting. So that's why I said, dude, yeah. snap judgment. Mm-hmm. And my snap judgment at that moment is, I don't ever want to do this again. Right. Um, but take like, you know, a couple hours away from it. Yeah. And I'm like. Dude, I totally want to do that again. That was awesome. <laughs> you know? And dude, to be honest, part of it for me is um this I was I feel like I was never a competitive person before this. Maybe mm-hmm. I was in certain things. But this really has kind of um made me want to compete with myself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um Alex did a sub 5. Yep. And I would like to do one also. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Like, here's the funny thing about Al. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so freaking proud of Al. Yeah. He made this decision that he wants to, you know, cross a bucket list item mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and also do something super fun with us and be a, and be a part of it. Right. And he was, like, totally able to make a big choice on his own without us even knowing. Yep. 
and follow through with small choices without anybody knowing. I know, which is the most amazing thing for me. And it's it's yeah. what most people in the world do. They decide these things on their own and they do them. They don't need to have yeah. thousands of people <laughs> commenting on their Facebook page every week. Oh, yeah, exactly. And lots of people said they wanted to run with us. Yeah. But just for whatever reason, didn't follow through or it was it was just what wouldn't work out timing wise or whatever. Right. But he did. Mm-hmm. And um, and he wanted to have a sub five marathon for the rest of his life on his wall on like a, a plaque. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, even if it's just like not really on the wall, but in the in a mental wall. Right. right. And um, so he went and he did it. Yep. And he did it and then he told us i'm never doing it again yeah and he was like i never want to run a step again that's it i crossed it <laughs> off and that's why I, I think our journeys are a little bit different because we kind of wanted to in a way demystify a lot of things about running uh-huh. together right so like i feel like the marathon has become in a way uh like demystified we've oh yeah gone through it together it was a total journey mm-hmm. super exciting super fun now it's almost it's almost easier and it's almost harder because we know what we would have to do right. to get sub five. Yeah, and so that is a personal goal of mine, mm-hmm. um, is to run a sub five marathon and also to run a sub two half. Yep. Um, I I don't know that we're always going to be doing that together. Right. Um, uh, I I totally wrote that exact same thing down, dude. Really. Sub five, sub two. Somehow I want to get a sub twenty five five k. Oh man. That, that would be huge. Um, and what, what can we do? Like a sub, uh, sub hour. And, and like, and I'd like to do a four minute mile. Uh, oh, okay. That, that, um, that's not possible, dude. No offense. I know. Um, but dude, uh, like Phoenix in January, I know I'm going to run at least the half yep. since the marathon. I'm thinking I'm going to try to do the full in January. Nice. Um, yeah. And, We've talked about maybe you'll come out and do that, mm-hmm. um, and that would be awesome, but that's yep. kind of a me goal. Yeah, so that's one of those things where um, maybe we wouldn't even stick together. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I don't e- I don't even know, actually, timing-wise, if that would work out. Right. But th- these are just fun things that, that you and I, like, just love to talk about. And, you know, the thing is, people are wondering what's next, and it's like, it's not like we need to do everything in six months, right? Like we we're thirty one and thirty two respectively. Uh-huh. People are running marathons into their seventies. Yep. Plus, yeah. which we might not be doing that, but I'd love to be though. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, I you know, like we have this like long list, mm-hmm. right, of of things we want to do. Right. So that moves us over to I think what the question most people are actually asking is, which is what is next for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have a lot of options, right? Yep. I think we really want to continue with the Two Gomers podcast. Definitely. Um, we want to keep challenging ourselves, and it's been fun for us and for other people to broadcast that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think we have a large kind of gamut of options, right? Mm-hmm. One, yep. one is kind of easy, or not easy, but makes a lot of sense, which is we could try to run farther. Yeah. We could do the goofy challenge, which is... Half marathon first, then a marathon the next day. Is that what it is? Yep, yep. So basically 40 miles in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, we could run another half marathon and try to do these um, goals that we have personally, like a sub two. Mm-hmm. So we could do like two gomers run a half marathon in under two hours. That's kind of a long name. 
That is kind of two two gomers run a we're on a sub two half. Right. Yeah, we could do that. But see, I I kind of I kind of feel like that's lame, dude. Yeah. I feel like that's something that that we should do and have fun with. Right. But th- that uh, it would be like, yep, I trained a little harder. Yeah. Uh, I was a little more disciplined, but it would be kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there's also um, these relays mm-hmm. that people have been suggesting that sound really fun where you get, you know, like 12 people together and run 200 miles. Right. Uh, and and you just run a leg of it. I think that sounds fun. I think that sounds like definitely something we might be interested in the future. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, there's also the Saucony running challenge for runner's world. Mm-hmm. Dude, I want to do like two gomers do the runner's world challenge or something. <laughs> that would be sweet. Um. I think it would be cool to somehow broaden our audience or something like that. Like, I think what we're doing is could um, could bring more people mm-hmm. to, to, to know that they could do it. Yeah. Like, every time I talk to a friend of mine that's like, oh, my gosh, you ran 26.2. I'm like, dude, <laughs> trust me, you could do it. Yeah. There, I don't have a doubt in my mind that you could do it. And that has been kind of the driving force for me to keep podcasting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a lot of work for us to podcast. Right. The driving thing for me is if I can get other people to look at us and say, if those idiots can do it, I can do it yeah. and get healthy, yeah. then this whole thing has been worth it. For sure. Um, and Adam asked on Facebook, um, wasn't the original goal to run the New York City Marathon, mm-hmm. uh, which was... Uh, was the original conversation right about the bucket list? Yep. And I mean, I think that would be something to aim for. Mm-hmm. Two Gomers run like, the would... NYC marathon would be amazing. Yeah, I also think Two Gomers run Disney would be good. Yep, me too. And then, um... dude, there's the <laughs> the total <laughs> extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I got these texts from you on the eighth, yeah. so it was a couple days after the marathon. Yeah. And these are, Gomer Nation, these are true texts. I actually got this text from Anthony. <laughs> I think I was subdued on the couch. It says this. Dude, what if we did something extreme? Question mark. Like climb Mount Everest or Kilimanjaro. <laughs> then I respond to you immediately. Have you ever watched a show on that? Gomer's die up there, bro. And then he wrote, Gomer's never say die. And then I responded. <laughs> On Everest, they might. Nice, dude. Um, I forgot about that already. So, um, there, there, there are ideas out there. Well, dude, but we had just watched Spirit of the Marathon and gone through a marathon. Yeah. And they say in that movie that the marathon is every man's Everest. Yeah. Right? So I think that was the inspiration behind that. I was thinking like a 10-year plan, dude. <laughs> it would take <laughs> us 10 years to raise the, the amount of money we need for equipment. Yeah, so that yeah, that's another <laughs> significant problem. Yeah. <laughs> um. So listen, I think it's obvious what most people think we should do. Mm-hmm. Um. If you've been on Facebook, you know that the most popular next step that people have been suggesting to us is the triathlon, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Two gomers try a try. Yep. Love that. Um. And I feel like th- that that one makes the most sense because I mean, one person wrote. A gomer on a bike or in the water is comic gold. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. There's so many, like, there's so much potential for the triathlon. Um, But I think that there are there are cons also to that that we, we would have yeah. to figure out how to, how to get over. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest cons um, is that that's, like, pretty expensive. Yeah. 
Like, there's actual equipment. This is what I love about running, mm-hmm. is that for, like, a hundred bucks, yeah. and your two legs on the road, you're doing it. Right. We, you know, wetsuits, bikes, goggles, <laughs> you know, swimming memberships. Already it's funny, though. I mean, I can see what people mean. Well, dude, I mean, I went down to to, to register for this one race, uh-huh. and I, I ran into the, the lady that runs this the St. Anthony's Triathlon oh, down right. here in St. Yeah, Pete. that's true. I remember you saying that. And it was funny because I met all these people that are like swimmers. Yeah. And like they all kind of have a little bit of that swimmy bleached hair. Yep. You know? Yeah. And they're like super athletic. Yeah. Um, I actually think triathlon people are a lot more intimidating than runners. Oh, tell me about it. I think that's the, it, it, I think it would be a lot scarier. Yeah. Because gomers don't do triathlons. Yeah. Gomers run half marathons, but triathlons, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know. Well, I've been told actually uh, by some some friends of ours that are a little bit more into this than us yeah. that that it actually um, that that we might be more looked down upon. Yeah. There, which which kind of scares me a little bit. Me but too. maybe that's comic gold, and maybe we can it can be cool. I don't know. Yeah, it certainly would add a lot of interesting um, things to talk about. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that just running new does stuff. It. lots of new stuff. Um, but I think our biggest, I think our biggest hurdles to this are financial. I don't have a bike. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a pool mm-hmm. to swim in. And so I'd need a gym membership. Yeah. You live in freaking Arizona, dude. Right. Yeah. There's no water. And so I right. need a gym membership. Um, so I don't know how exactly it would work. And if people yeah. have ideas, they can email us. But I think the the bottom line is. We're going to do something. There's going to be a season three. I don't think it's going to be 40 episodes long. Right. Um, But we're going to continue on the Gomer journey, continue pushing ourselves forward. The triathlon seems like the direction we're probably going to go in. Um, But people just need to keep subscribed to our podcast. Keep checking us on our Facebook to find out what exactly we're going to do. We're going to have to figure this out sooner than later. Yeah. I kind of think we should try to somehow get some sponsorship, dude. Yeah. Like, I actually think that might be the the only way that we could really do that. That would help a lot. And I don't know how to do that. We could even do, you know, a, a mid-season, two gomers get sponsored. Yeah. Again, if people something. have ideas for us about this, um, we're kind of at, at this point at the mercy of our fans. If right. they want us to do something, um, we need help beyond us deciding to do something and put, putting shoes on and going. This is a so, different sort of thing. Right, so we need Saucony to be listening, because mm-hmm. um, I know they do a lot of try stuff. Right, uh, and also Runners World. That'd be sweet. So if anybody has any connections with those things, <laughs> let us know. We really want to do something. Um, we really want to uh, be there for our fans and continue to entertain and motivate. Um, yep. And we've made the commitment, I think, to do something season three. Um, it just kind of depends on how how to do it. Yeah. I just wonder, dude, Aaron and I were having this conversation, if running actually is our thing Mm -hmm. or if we would love whatever we did. You know, I think whatever we did would be very entertaining. (laughs) Um, And I think we would have a great time doing it together because it would be a challenge and because we would be continually pushing each other uh, to do something new. I think that's what people love and what we love about this whole thing. Yep. So, dude, I think we should probably wrap this thing up. Like completely um, up for now, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we still have a songs to run to in listener feedback section to get to. Yeah. 
Um, maybe we should come back on Thursday with the rest of that. That's a good idea. Is that cool? In true in true Gomer fashion, we yeah. it didn't go the way we thought it would go, even in our <laughs> finale episode. We're Gomers through and through till the end, dude. Yep. But dude, just to close this one out. Yeah. Um, been thinking about our journey and everything, right? And yeah. a lot of people are impressed that we finished the race, right? Mm-hmm. But there yeah. was this um. And I know this is a little bit cheesy, but they have these flags up, right, or along the whole marathon with motivational sayings, right? right. I like it when it said anonymous, <laughs> you know, like. Which just pretty much means the guy that wrote the flag came up with this. <laughs> right. <laughs> the promotional guy for the marathon. Unknown. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, there is this one that we saw, I think twice or maybe three times even, that really affected me. And it was a John Bingham quote, right? The penguin. Yep. Uh um, one close to our heart, right? Definitely. Um, and the quote was, the miracle isn't that I finished. The miracle is that I had the courage to start. Yeah. And what I was reading that as was not even start the marathon, but start period. Yeah. Like that I had the courage to say, I'm done with being this way in my body and in my mental state. I'm going to start doing something big. Um, yeah. And that that quote actually... Gave me the energy I needed, I think, to finish. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that quote. Dude, my other favorite thing that he said in uh, Spirit of the Marathon. Yeah. That concept that he was like, you know, you paid for this course to be open for six hours. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, get the value for your dollar. He's <laughs> like, spend as much time as you can on the course. And that's how I feel about this podcast also. Spend as much time as you can. because it's almost over so we'll come back on thursday with a couple closing thoughts it'll probably end up being way longer than we thought again yep all right dude well have a good couple days you too happy running listening to two gomers run a marathon join us next week for another installment my name is baka keep it rizzio